Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. Amen and amen. So yes, we are going into a study through the letter of Galatians. And last week, I read with you guys verse 1 to verse 10. But I felt that I need to stretch out some of the points that I didn't have time. It was just an introduction. So if you please open your Bible with me in the book of Galatians chapter 1. We're going to walk through this uh, beginning once again. Galatians chapter 1 verse 1 and 2 says, Paul, an apostle, not from man, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, Raise him from the dead. And all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Martin Luther, the father of Protestant movement, said that the doctrine of justification by faith is the foundation on which the church stands or falls. What he meant is if we are not very um, conscious and really work hard to establish this foundation, our church might not prevail the coming ages. We are justified only by faith. It is not about morality. It is not about our ethnicity. It is not where we came from. The gospel is for the whole world. Regardless our nationality, race, sex, and age. And Paul writes this letter to all the churches in Galatia. But this letter written almost 2,000 years ago came to us because we still struggle to get this so profound but amazingly so simple message. This area belonged to the Roman Empire. And it was the central region of the Asian Minor Peninsula. It was written probably after a couple of years that Paul had planted that church in his first missionary uh, trip with Barnabas and his team and established many churches sent by the apostles. Now, the problem is Paul was planting a church focused on Gentiles, known Jews, uh, base brothers and sisters. The church in Galatia were being disturbed now by false teachers. They questioned the authority of Paul with the objective to stain or to question his message. They questioned the gospel of justification by grace through faith. For them, this group of false teachers, later uh, labeled by many theologians as Judaizers, in order to be saved, it was not just to believe in your heart. You also had to keep the traditions and rituals of the Jews. More specifically, the outward mark that, that pretty much uh, uh, set the Jewish community apart from all other ethnicities, which is circumcision or 
the commandments of the law of Moses. So the letter to the Galatians is one of the clearest presentations of the gospel in all the Bible. God justifies sinners in respective of just how sinful they are if they will simply trust Christ. It's not a self-generated contribution process. It is not an evolving. It is not a self-developing spiritual process. It is solely by grace. And this is the glory of this gospel. So I um, name this message today uh, because I understand that this is a message that set Paul apart even among the apostles. I call this message today chosen by grace. What make us this different people from all other people in the world is not the color of our skin, is not the accent of our English, is not the how tall, how thin or fat you are, but it is the message that we believe in our hearts. And this made you a Christian. This set you apart from everybody else in this world. It is because of grace we were chosen. And we are different. But pastor, what is grace? What is grace in this expounding, in this lecturing message of Paul to the Galatians? Grace is undeserved. It's unparalleled favor for the repentant. Grace is received. Grace is not earned. Grace comes through God's promise, not through God's law. Grace is accessed by human faith, never by human works. Grace is a gift. And this gift changes us. God's grace means unmerited favor. Grace gives us victory. It doesn't call us to achieve victory. Amen. So my prayer is that as, again, we unwrap this gift, we get into that amazement, in that awe state of amazement, of wonder, of this amazing message. Last week I compare uh, with that G. Old Stone, but there is something else that came to my mind this week to compare of this amazement that, that I pray that I'm actually even fasting for you in these days. When you live in a certain area, most of you guys live here for a while in Fort Myers, Southwest Florida. I, I want to ask you that. How many of you guys really enjoyed all the benefits and the beauty and the, like I can say, like the, the nature uh, uh, aspects of our beautiful Southwest Florida. Actually, I talked with people. I was in Chicago a few years ago, uh, just having a vacation time with my wife. And the guy in the red bus guiding us through the city of Chicago asked me where I came from. And I said, I'm from Florida, Southwest Florida. He couldn't believe he said, this guy came from the place where everybody takes vacation. He's taking vacation in our city. What's going on with you, dude? And I said, and started to wonder about that. Because usually 
when you are resident in a place, you really don't pay much attention on the beauty of our paradise. That's how they call our city. That's how actually they advertise to sell real estate out of in other states. Buy your property in Southwest Florida paradise. Have you ever saw these advertisements over there? But are you able to see this beauty, these wonders around us? Usually, when you go and visit other places, when a foreign person comes and see us, they usually are caught in amazement, what usually native people overlooks. But let God open your eyes to see grace Amen. everywhere once again. Let the eyes of your heart be opened by the power of revelation of the Holy Spirit. And your eyes receive this incitement, this brightness that are going to reveal this refreshing, restoring, always forgiving message that sets you back Amen. on God's perfect plan. And that's my goal here. I want to be very precise with you. As Paul intended to the Galatians. He, he's, he's being very harsh with them because he knew that their usefulness depended on their right belief, their right doctrine. So it is not a matter of salvation here. It's a matter of being in the purpose of God. Verse 3, grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Peace is not a, an absence of struggles. It is the scripture concept of blessing. In which the person and community are well and whole in all aspects of life. No one will ever enter in that blessing without the right relationship with God. It is to enter in the genuine and the real experience of the priestly blessings that now became Carrie Job's song. Numbers chapter 6 verse 24 says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. When Paul greets the church of Galatian and expect that we get into that peace, this is the peace he means. It is the peace that, first of all, you know that God is on your side. Who dare stand against you? You are in a right relationship with God. There is no open invoice between you and God anymore. And now with this such confidence, what do you expect? You expect His blessing. You expect His security. You expect His face shine upon you. You expect favor and open doors. You expect every morning that His countenance, we're going to open ways and open path upon you. And you walk in constant peace. But the order is clear. Without grace, there is no peace. Are you guys with me? So who rejects God's grace and returns to depend on his own works to, to be blessed enters in the curse of the law, in the standards of the law. The rejection of grace, again, does not mean the Christian salvation here, but certainly that, pe that the person 
ceases to enjoy this shalom peace, this, this fullness of peace, this sense of friendship with God, partnership with Almighty God. Romans 5 verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Which some translators even dare to say is peace with God. And just like Paul says in Galatians, peace from God. It's his own peace. Do you think God is worried of what the new uh, uh, government and president might do in this country? Do you think God is anxious because all the possibilities that this new vaccine can produce? Do you think God is right now, you know, itching his head, maybe losing some of his hair because he's so stressed out? No, God is in perfect peace because when we think we lost control, he has the control. He is still sovereign and almighty God. So it's not only peace with Him, but it's peace from Him. That's why Paul gives us, not only promises us through his letter, not only peace with God, but peace from God. From God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Say a good amen in the house, somebody. Now, the text continues, verse 4. Who gave Himself for our sins, Jesus who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. According to the will of our Father, our God and Father. The Lord Jesus did not die as a martyr at the hands of oppressive rulers. Nor did he simply give up in display of some sort of passion or because he was defending a cause, he died as a sacrifice for sin. Christ's death was a sin offering in which our sins could be forgiven and could be forgotten. But not only in the past, but also in the present. And yes, I would dare to say, even your future sins already forgiven. The reasoning is, is pretty obvious for you. Because when Christ died for your sins, He died in the past. You were not even generated. You didn't even exist. But yes, born in sinful nature, we will sin. But even for those upcoming sinful stumbling and mistakes, there is provision for of redemption for us. Second Corinthians 5.21 For our sake he made him to be seen who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What is grace? It is the provision for a life in sin. It's my permission to a sinful, wicked, debauchery based life. No. Sin is the provision to overcome sin. Grace is the power of God to deliver us from that present evil age. You might think, Pastor, but if I preach this message, people will going to use that and are going to 
with this misconception, they will start to abuse grace. All right. I told my two boys that no matter how they perform in school, I will still love them. No matter how many times I have to get their stinking, dirty socks out of my couch, I will still love them. And no matter how bad they perform, even in their small chores in the house, I will still love them. One day, I have to leave the house for a meeting, and I give, give them the authority the power, the freedom to stay in the house. And because they are so assured of my love, why do you think that my kids are going to burn my house down? Like, why we believe that? Like where this math came into your brain? Because I affirm that I love both of them, now they're going to burn the house down? There's doesn't make any sense. And Paul is not afraid to really preach this message to the most apparently immature and even immoral church like the Corinth church. But the same way he tries to bring back the Galatians to this track because there is no more free message not to free to commit and permit and walk into a sinful life, but free in the sense of delivering you from the bondage and the slavery that sin and bad habits and hiccups produces in your life. I dare to say that actually there is no other way to overcome this tenacious, persistent cycle of sin in your life unless you really get grace. No, Pastor, no, no, no. We need more rules. We need more discipline. What our church needs is more holiness. Yet, yeah, But Paul says the opposite. He says that the strength of sin is the law. The more we insist we do and don't, more we strengthen these vicious cycles in your life. But as more you get grace, as grace is meant to be understood and revealed in your heart, more free you become. There is no other message. That's why the following verses keep saying, I am astonished, verse 6, that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach you to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you. Let him be accursed. I'm, I'm tempted to say, but now I know I'm being streamed. Some, no, I'm not going to say. Yeah, some, some religions, like so-called Christians, should just read the Bible as it is. And he stopped to believe that some sort of Maroni angel show up to this prophet and establish a new Christian gospel. We, as we have said before, so now I say it again. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you receive, let him be accursed. Paul is not trying to save the Galatians once again. 
as if they could be lost again. He's trying to save their usefulness by making sure they understood the true gospel. And in this case, I know the example that I just mentioned, some of you guys didn't get it, but I was mentioning about the Mormons here. The point is, like we, it's very tempting. You're probably never going to be, I'm sorry, you're never going to be tempted to fall into such big hole of deception. Because you know by, by the, the inward witnessing that you are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. Say a good amen. Come on, somebody. If you are born again, you know this. Besides that, you have the testimony of the word of God. Besides that, you have tried God and experienced His miracles and, and His seal upon you through the Holy Spirit. But we all can be tempted and definitely can stumble in small pits of legalism or mixed message that turns our gospel, what Paul labeled here, a different gospel, a mixed gospel, a mingled together with the law, merit-based, earning favor kind of message. Last week, I compare with a little drop, just a drop. Come on, nobody going to even see a little drop of sewer water in my drinking water. In this case, the water might be clear, but definitely is not more pure. What differs among many preachings out there is that not they are not clear. They talk about Jesus. They say that salvation is by grace. But now, my friend, that you jump out of the boat, now that you decided to respond to the invitation, now it's up to you to be lighter than the water. You are supposed to float on the water. Remember how I finished last message? But let me remind you, you still heavier than water. Without grace, it's not only after you jump out of the boat. You have to keep on grace all the way to Christ. Amen. Are you guys what I'm trying to say? Yeah. If you dare to believe that now that you came out of the boat, God saved, you are in yourself able to sustain you in the water. You know what happened with Peter. He drowned. And I'm sad to say, I saw that movie a couple of times. It's very sad. Many people die in the end. You're also going to drown. If you dare to walk out of the boat, trusting not only and solely in the grace of God, you will sink again. Don't do that. Just call for Him and let Him keep you up above the waters. Hallelujah. Verse 11. Oh no, verse 10. For I am now sinking the approval of men, of God, or I am trying to please men. If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Verse 11, and that's where we are getting into today. For if, Pastor Tude, help me out. For if, for I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me, it is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 13, for you know, for you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church. Wow. I persecuted the church of God 
violently and try to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous, he was a fanatic, was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born, I just want to say thank you, Jesus, it was before I was born. Because maybe after I was born, he probably won't chose me. Thank you, Jesus. Before I was born, and who called me by his grace. Let me stop a little bit here. To be chosen before I was born. Before Paul says in Ephesians, the foundation of the world is what we all have to see. The day of our birth is only the moment when God fulfills what he had decided before the foundation of the world. We were chosen by God in order to accomplish his eternal purpose. Paul is talking about his conversion. Book of Acts chapter 9 describes Paul coming after the church in a city called Damascus. Shamada. Called Damascus there in the way to kill Christians, Jesus himself is standing and saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, I'm not persecuting you. I'm, I'm coming after these crooks, these, these crazy people. I'm coming after the Christians. But Jesus said, why do you persecute me? It's because Christ and his church is the same. Christ and his church is inseparable. They are together. And Jesus clearly reveals the gospel to Paul at that time. And now in Damascus with this amazing experience, the Bible says that immediately, pay attention on that, he started to preach, which is awesome. Because uh, sometimes we create these criteria, these conditions for some of our members to start to lead their life groups but you know what maybe we just should have you just should have a genuine revelation of jesus christ and let me say something you are ready to go you're ready to preach the gospel verse 16 in me was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that i might preach him among the gentiles so paul began to preach right after his conversion. I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went away into Arabia, verse 17, and returned again to Damascus. So he spent a period aside in isolation. Verse 18, Then after three years... Probably in Damascus region. I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, which is Peter, and remain with him 15 days. I just want to close with this emphasis on what happens to you when grace is revealed. Paul got grace. And... 
the book of Acts describes us. Uh, actually, I didn't ask you to put that in the projection, um, do, but I'll, I'll read it anyways. Acts chapter 9, verse 23. If you can open with in your Bible, please. Grace came, the persecutor, the fanatic, the fundamentalist, Jewish, Pharisee of Pharisees, found grace, Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that because of that, he became a preacher of the gospel. I wonder why some members in our church are not leading their life groups yet. I wonder why you still incapable, unfit for the challenge of opening your house to host a small group there. I wonder why you are hesitant to come to your leader and say, look, count on me. In spite of my limitations, just count on me. My wonder is answered with a simple answer. The problem is we need more grace. We need to see grace. Now, I, I have to be honest. Even though it is, it seems simple, we all agree it is profound. So profound that Paul clearly says, I could not receive this message from any man. This only came to me because I received a revelation. So yes, I am endeavoring into a Mission Impossible project here. I'm trying to reveal something to you that is a mystery. That if the Holy Spirit does not open your eyes and your heart to see that, I'm just a good speak speaker in a stage with a nice microphone now. Do you guys like my microphone? That's it. That's the only thing I am. But if the Holy Spirit, and I know He is doing this work right now. Open your eyes and your heart to see what Paul saw. I know it's going to happen this week. You're going to open your life group. I know it's going to happen this week. You're going to go and call that friend in your work job to your life group. You're going to dare to be used by God again. But let me go even further because in such a short time, Acts tells that Paul starts to preach in such a, a passionate, intentional way, verse 23, that the others, Jews, plotted to kill him. But their plot became known to Saul at the time. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him. But this is what caught my attention, verse 25. But Paul's disciples, what? The guy made disciples? Yeah, it is possible to be used by God. As God called you and Jesus commanded us as soon as you get grace. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer the wonderings of my heart. Why we still here when we could be experiencing the reality of the church of Acts. The church that is said that day by day the Lord added to their numbers those that will be saved. I know we can experience this this year. I know we are called to go into that experience because God is, is calling those that uh, should be saved, that were called to be saved, but I need labors. My, my, my crying as Paul 
to the Galatians is the same as Jesus. Father, send us labors to this harvest. But I know the labors will only come if you get grace. Come on, everybody, stand up this morning. We were chosen by God. You are chosen by God. You were chosen by grace. It doesn't have to do with you. It doesn't matter who you are or who you are. The Lord will change you as we give in and surrender all to His amazing grace. I cannot finish this message without embracing the chance to invite those that are still wondering about their meaning of existence. Wondering if there is any plan, any greater purpose of existence. Let me answer you, my friend. There is. But you're only going to find this purpose if you receive the free gift of God in Christ Jesus. The whole church, close your eyes, repeat after me, say, Lord Jesus, I open my heart. I want you. I don't deserve, but your grace gives it free for me. I open my heart. I confess with my mouth. I believe. Jesus Christ, my Savior. Jesus Christ.